Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. We're following uh, this, this series, and oh, and this is also a time, yeah, the, the preteens, you guys are dismissed to Uncle Spenny and, uh, and, and Maya there. There's going to be a really great discussion that they're going to be having um, about stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, So the, the title of the, the series is Fruit That Lasts, and you guys know we're going through the, the book of really this, this little text in John 15. We're hoping to glean as much as we possibly can from it. The, this last Sunday, we talked about being chosen and just the truth of the matters that we are chosen by God. Today, we're going to talk about a bountiful life. And so now that you're chosen, you realize I'm chosen, there's more to it than that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And then in the coming weeks, we're going to continue to build. Alec is going to talk uh, this, this next uh, Sunday about less is more. There's going to be a lot of stuff that we'll be able to build just from this one text in the Bible. And we said there's Amen. basically three goals that we really had. Uh, one is that we want to learn how to study the Bible for ourselves a little bit deeper. It's great to look at uh, a, a bunch of different scriptures and to pull a bunch. That's awesome. But there's also a lot of value in being able to look at one text and to glean as much as we possibly can the second thing is we should grow in, appreci- in our appreciation for Jesus. And I think we did uh, a pretty good job of that. Or it was communicated last, uh, last week that Jesus, it, he was so human in, in the energy and the emotion that he's feeling, especially in the, the hours leading up to Gethsemane and, and then going on the cross that you, you feel Jesus being so human in what he's sharing now. And, and then... We're just going to be able to continue to produce and build this good fruit in our lives as well. And so this is uh, this is awesome stuff. It's exciting, though, to be able to do that. We had a challenge. I don't know if you guys remember, is to read John 15, 1 through 17 in the Passion Translation and in the NASB. And if you didn't do that, that's okay. I There's a new challenge coming up this upcoming uh, week to read it in the King James Version. And, and also there's, uh, if you want additional study material in the back, there's uh, a commentary by Michael Burns. He's the, the guy who wrote Escaping the Beast. He's written many, many books. Um, it's a, it's actually one of the most accessible commentaries that I've read. I would say he, he writes in a, in a way that's pretty helpful. I think it can be a good quiet time. That's just right in the back. Feel free to take a couple of copies specifically. It's there's, there's two different really, uh, little sections of commentary. Just take one though. I've printed off 30 copies, more than enough for everybody. But that's the two challenges. So read the, read the King James Version of John 15, 1 through 17. I didn't make that decision. That's all Alec. If you have an issue with that, talk to him. The second thing, <laughs> the second thing is go ahead and grab a Michael Burns, uh, his commentary, uh, just the, on the, the little section in John and read through that. And maybe you'll, you'll be able to glean a little bit from that as well. So uh, today we are, we're going to read, uh, we're going to read the Bible, but we actually are going to read in the NASB, and then also a, a little bit of the Passion Translation, just to try to get 
new perspective or a little bit of a fresh, uh, fresh eyes. We've read the scripture so many times in our lives, and then we just read it last week. And so hopefully we just pull a little bit more out of it. Amen. Amen. Let's go, Jay. We're, we're talking about a bountiful life. And you, you think, uh, but prior to this, this is what's said just in the book of John. And I thought it was, it was pretty interesting. I thought maybe I, I, this is just why we're focusing on this part. It says, uh, it must occur to all who read these discourses preserved by John, how simple the text looks and yet how transcendent is the thought when it is even dimly understood. John is sailing sky high, are we? And then it says, it is the strongest food in the Bible. This is one man's uh, opinion, certainly, but I, I thought it, it, was, it was interesting to just say, that we just, we're only understanding just a little bit, and it seems so simple, and yet we're going deeper and deeper and deeper, and there's more to pull, and there's more to pull, and there's more to pull. I, I, I believe we're going to feel that even at the end of this lesson this Amen. morning. The title, though, is A Bountiful Life. And, and you guys... You guys think about what the greatest purpose for anything is. And I put before you that the greatest purpose for anything is what the creator had intended for that. And so what is the greatest purpose of a pizza cutter? Well, to, to cut pizza, right? You can use a pizza cutter for other things. Certainly, you can almost cut paper. Or you can cut your hand with it. It can be a weapon if you, if you need it to be a weapon. But the greatest purpose is, is for it to cut pizza. That's the intention of it. Sure. Well, sure. What, what about a plate? What's the greatest purpose of a plate is to eat off of? I don't know if, if you guys, I, maybe there's, there's this fine china and stuff. I'm not that guy. But, but the greatest purpose of a plate is, is to eat off of it to, to, and, then, and then to wash it and for it to get dirty. It's actually the greatest purpose for it. Sure. What's the greatest purpose of a car? Well, it's to, it's to transport and it's to go somewhere. Certainly, there's, there's been seasons where I've slept in my car, uh, not for any length of time and just for, for, you know, because we just don't want to get a hotel room. And so like the, as we're traveling or whatever. And, and so that's, that's true. And maybe you've been in, in spots like that, or you've had to live out of your car for a, a series of time. You're in between whatever, however you figure, but the greatest purpose is to transport. And then think about this and, and you don't got to think super hard, but what's the greatest purpose for diapers? And it's, yeah, it's, it's, but it's, it's to hold, it's to hold waste, right? Yeah. And all of these, all of these, uh, there's many different purposes. It, there's, there's, it's far reaching, but the greatest purpose is what the creator intended it to be used for, right? Yeah. However mundane, however amazing, or however shameful and taboo to even talk about, the greatest purpose is what the creator had intended. I put before us the same is true for you and me though, yeah. that the greatest purpose for your life is, is whatever God intended for it to be. Amen. There's, there's no greater purpose that God had in mind when he created you than exactly what he had in mind when he created you. And that seems maybe pretty easy to say. And you're like, well, okay, fine. But I hope to, by the end of this lesson, to give you guys some questions to really ask yourself. And then a couple of barometers so that you can see, uh, you can ask yourself uh, really quickly this morning, Am I living this life in abundance? Am I living a bountiful life? Amen. We're in John 15. We're going to read uh, here in, in verse 1. This is the NASB. Uh, it's, it's mostly a word-for-word -word translation. That's, that's the intention that they're trying to go very, very word-for-word -word instead of thought-for-thought. And it's, it's supposed to even, uh, as much as it possibly can, 
keep the same Greek organization of the, uh, of the sentence structure as well. But it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every ban- branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it, it may bear even, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Then in verse 8 again, it says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Mm. These two scriptures, that Jesus' intention is for us to bear much fruit. He chose us not so we could live mundane, ordinary lives, but so that we could bear much fruit. And then in the Passion Translation, uh, take it or leave it, do what you want with it. It says, I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my father. And so this is Jesus talking. And we understand that this is after he washes his disciples feet. We looked at the calling that we're chosen and now we're, we're talking about chosen for what? Well, to live abundant lives, to live lives in abundance. And what does that mean? Again, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out by the end of this lesson. Understand, though, that, that you are chosen. And if you weren't here last uh, Sunday, then you can look on Facebook Live. But you, you are chosen by God. That's something that's inspiring. That's something that should change our lives. Amen. But you're chosen by God. And, and we can say, and sometimes we can feel that we're chosen, and so this life is going to be, it's going to be kind of rough. This isn't going to be a very fruitful life. It's going to be a pretty difficult life to live. we got to take one step at a time, and we have to just, from our bootstraps, get, it, get to where we, wherever we need to go, and it's not going to be the most exciting life. We're, we're forfeiting all of the excitement, or we're forfeiting all of the security, all of the purpose, but it's going to be worth it in heaven. And and. Certainly, I don't think we'd say that all of the time. We can feel that. We can actually live that from time to time. But that's not at all what's true. Jesus is saying, I want you guys to live abundant lives, bountiful lives, amazing lives. And in John 10, I think it'll show up on the screen here. Uh, let's see. Oh, not yet. Okay, I missed a slide. Anyways, um, John 10 in, in verse 9, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they would have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Mm. Jesus says his intention is that they that we live lives abundantly, that we live these awesome, amazing lives but I want to ask you this morning, would Jesus look at your life and say, that is one that is bountiful? Mm. You could just show him your whole life, and really the, the kicker is he sees all of it. 
Would he say, that's a bountiful life that you're living. That is an awesome life. That's my intention. And, and, good question. We, and I think on a macro scale, we can look at, okay, what does the scripture teach and stuff? But what I would put before you is that a bountiful life for me looks different than a bountiful life for you. And a bountiful life for you looks different than a bountiful life for, for me. And where we can really get mixed up is just like if we were an apple tree to look and say, oh, I wish I was a peach tree. I wish I was an orange tree. Look at that amazing fruit. Look at this. Instead of looking at our lives and saying, what does it mean to be bountiful for you and me? And I can't answer that specifically for you. We're going to look at a couple of areas, though, that that hope they're little barometers, basically, that, that I hope you'll leave with some understanding and then some questions to ask yourself later on. Amen. Um, the first thing uh, is that a bountiful life is a transforma- is a transformational life or a transformed life. It is in Romans 12. And this is, again, we're speaking generally. You're like, what does it mean to have a bountiful life? Well, one truth is that it's absolutely transformed. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm. Wow. The first thing that if you're going to ask, am I living a, a bountiful life? Is you got to ask, is my life transformed? Is there, has there been a difference in my life from when I was not a follower of God to now that I am an active follower of God. Is there, is there a difference? And if you'd say, well, there's not that much of a difference. I think, I I think it should give, give you pause. Understand that, that this repentance, this changing, this is, this is a a life of, of, of abundance. We can, again, it's easy to think it's easy to look at the world and you say, well, we, I got to give this up and I have to give this up and I have to give this up. The truth is the Bible talks about repentance as being something that we change our minds and then our actions follow. That's something that's a gift. It's called the it's a couple of things. It's, it's called the, the gift that leads us to life, the gift that leaves no regret, the gift that leads to a knowledge of the truth. All of these are ways to describe repentance in the Bible. This is it's, it's a huge gift to be yeah. able to change and to be different. Uh, you know, I, just thinking, even in this room, I realize there's so many who are, have li- are living trans- transformed lives. I, I think just hearing just a little bit, and I don't have the full uh, image, but even hearing a little bit about Lorene's life prior to coming to God, I'm like, I could never see that at all. And and yet, she's just a different person, right? You just, yeah. I, I would have never guessed it. Is really is really where 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 you leave, and uh, to hear. Uh, Gary, uh, Gary Verdun, his, his son and me, we, we played basketball together. We're pretty close friends. I knew Gary before he was a disciple. Uh, but to hear his son talk about his, his Gary, his dad, he just says, you know, he's just a different guy. Like, and I asked him, hey, how was he? You know, what did he do? And he said, no, he's just different. I, my dad is just, he's not the same. He's not the same guy. He's, he's wow. found God. Wow. You think about Laura and to hear it firsthand the transformation in her life and you'd say i i could never see that from her i don't know how she got here and this is this is what it looks like to live the transformed life and so so this morning does your life look different than prior to you first coming to church and you could say 
I was always pretty spiritual. I always grew up in the church. I'm actually in, in that camp for the most part. I, I always went to church. I, I was always relatively spiritual, like in comparison to people. And I, I knew the right answers. I, I acted somewhat right. You know, I was like 50-50, however you figure. But it, again, if, if it's a scale and, and it's foolish to do this, I was on the upper end of the scale of spirituality is what I would say. And I was, I was known that way in my, in my high school and in my, in my school. And so you can say, well, did, are my actions different? Or, you know, fine. But I, I want to ask, do you look different, though? Wow. Like, yeah. inside, are you a different person? Not, not Fine. The outside, fine. Let's say you, you always went to church and you're still going to church. But, but if the inside is the same, then you're missing it. Mm. Are your values different? Are your thoughts different? Are you, when you wake up in the morning, are you consumed with things that are different than what you were once consumed with? Wow, that's a good question. If you're not an entirely different person post Christ, then you're not living a bountiful life. That's just all. That's all there is to it. It says it's Galatians three. It says in verse twenty-seven, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Anybody who's a transformed, baptized disciple is clothed with Christ. Their life, they don't look like the same person. They don't think like the same person. They don't, they, they are a totally new creation. It's not, understand, it's not just shaving off some of the rough edges of, of who you were, who I was. We are new people if you are in Christ. And so that is something, understand, you are transformed if you're in Christ. And if you're not yet in Christ, there's hope for you to be totally transformed. Amen. 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 That's one. The second thing is that, is that a bountiful life transforms lives. And so one, your life has to be transformed if you're going to live a bountiful life. The other thing is that you transform lives. This is such a, a blessing that God has given to us. It's Matthew 28 here. We know, we know this scripture very well. Uh, we can probably recite it. We don't need this up here. It says, and Jesus in verse 18 and Jesus came up and, and spoke to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Mm. Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is Past, post this John 15 text that we get. This is the, the rousing. Jesus is saying, you guys, I, we, we've done it. Really, I've done it, but you're a part of it. And I've made you this. Stay in the city. You're going to be clothed with power. You understand that. And he's saying, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. And so it's, it's not enough to, to just be transformed for ourselves. We, we need a, if we're going to live a bountiful life, the, the bounty involves giving to other people as well and helping them to be transformed as well. I, I remember for me, this was the entire reason. I just felt enamored with the idea that, that I could have some kind of impact on somebody else's eternity. Amen. It, wow. was, it was the most amazing thing. I, I remember I was, I was barely spiritual. I just decided I'm going to read the Bible and I have to actually read it every day because I know that Thomas Um is going to ask me, did I read the Bible today? <laughs> and how did you go? Out of, out of seven days, how many days did you read the Bible? And it had to be, a, 
in my in my opinion, I'm like, I have to have it at least five or six. If I tell them three, then I'm gonna, you know, and, and it's just not good, and I know it's not good, and I'm so I, I remember reading the Bible and just inviting uh, just most in the most apologetic, most, most shameful way I possibly could, inviting uh, one of my basketball teammates and just saying, hey, you don't have to come up. Yeah, I'm going to go to the study area. If you don't want to, don't. Please don't feel obligated. But if you want to, come on up. And I, and I remember him coming up and studying the Bible. I remember looking at discipleship and I remember the ride home and just hearing the, the gravity in his voice and saying, if this is true about God, then virtually nobody's a Christian. And I said, wow. I guess so, if this is true about God. And I, I, I remember the feeling of seeing somebody's heart being totally transformed. And I remember knowing I didn't have virtually anything to do with it, but I did have a little sliver to do with it. And that, and, and that is the coolest feeling in the world. Yeah. We, we have the opportunity, you have the chance to impact somebody's eternity. And, and so here, here, here's a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of math for you that I was just sitting with. Let, let's say you take somebody, and I don't know who's the most influential person. Let's say there's the most influential person, and they, they drastically impact somebody, 100,000 people's lives. Like drastically, as in the their next 50 years of their life is totally different. So there's somebody, maybe it's an amazing speech. Maybe it's somebody who just does this, this you know, extremely benevolent action that just sprouts out and it, it's just awesome. There's 100,000 people that are changed just from this one person. And we would say, wow, that is amazing. That's, that's five million years of lives changed. Work with me here, right? 100,000 years. I said they got 50 more years to live. Five million years that one person impacted. Wow. But you know what's more? Then five million is, is infinity, is eternity. If we really believe that what we are doing has a chance to impact people's eternity, then, then you deciding I'm going to befriend my coworker and I'm going to share my faith and I'm going to help them. And really it's, it's God that does the transforming, but I'm just going to be right there alongside of them. That, that has more impact in the course of eternity than this one person who changed 100,000 people's lives. And we we all have that opportunity. You'd say, well, I'm never going to impact 100,000 people. There's there's no way. I don't don't know how to even see 100,000 people. But what what you can do, what I can do, is help one person. And you even know, if I even say that, you even know who the person is. Mm -hmm. You know who they are. You have the opportunity to help them. This is a bountiful life. This is what separates uh, churchy Christianity from actual service to God. You know, I, I think about there's there's a um, there's, there's a, a couple that, that kind of opening the Bible with, and the the husband in particular we've been meeting with, and we're looking at really the objective. We're like, hey, let's look at what discipleship is, so you can match yourself up with it. And he said, no, I am a disciple. It's okay, fine. Then then. We just asked, how do you make a disciple? How do you go about doing that? Some, you know, long convoluted answer. And it's, it's deeper than what we're even, you know, going to talk about necessarily. But he, he wasn't super sure. And so we've been looking at what it looks like. How do you help somebody to be a disciple? And what I would, I would say is he's not super interested in it. And it's, and it's clear by his actions. He speaks a great, you know, when we're together, he's so kind, super considerate, super joyful, 
but he, he's not impacted when we look at he's not he's not inspired by the thought of, of helping somebody's eternity he's just not and so you have to ask yourself is does that inspire you the thought wow. to impact somebody's eternity is if you believe it it ought to inspire you and so if you're not inspired by it i'd say you probably don't believe that, that you're able to god wants you to live a bountiful life if, if you're some of the specifics, if you if you are in the audience, you're wondering, I don't I don't even know what that means. That's OK. I mean, I, this is a shameless plug. The 22nd, we're starting this this uh, spiritual enrichment stuff that some of the stuff. No, we are. We are really going to help uh, people hope to make it as practical as possible. We're going to answer questions, do everything we can. I, I, I just believe we give people the tools. You guys are going to do all the work. You guys really do it. Um, we're going to we're going to close up here. In, in John 15, it, it, as you, you, this, this litmus test that you should ask, I don't know what it looks like specifically for you, what a bountiful life looks like. But I know that everybody's bountiful life has these two characteristics. It is a transformed life and it is a life that transforms. We're going to close up in John 15 and then, and then we'll, we'll be dismissed here. It says in verse 9, this is again NASB, it says, Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be, full, may be made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I... What, if you do what I command you, no longer do I call you slaves. For the slave does not know his ma- what his master is doing. But I have called you friends because all things I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the father in my name, he may give you this. I command you that you love one another. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Save my souls.